What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Darren Horn and Ty Rogers, who are members of that Western Kentucky team that beat Drake on a buzzer beater in the first round of the 2008 NCAA tournament. Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments here on the field of 68 Media Network. Today, I have with me Darren Horn and Ty Rogers, who were both a part of that 2008 Western Kentucky team that made it to the Sweet 16. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Thanks for being here today. Hey, Rob, thanks. So I'm good, yeah, thanks. I want to set the stage first and foremost for people that don't remember. In 2008, your Western Kentucky team was actually pretty loaded. You had a couple of NBA players in Courtney Lee and Jeremy Evans. Tyrone Brazelton was on that team. AJ Slaughter was on this team. You had a guy named Ty Rogers who apparently uh, was a pretty good shooter. And entering the tournament, you were 28 and six. You had beaten Michigan. You had beaten Nebraska. Uh, Darren, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you guys weren't surprised or intimidated or uh, – uh, worried about um, playing anybody, right? You just had that confidence that you can go out and get something done? Yeah, it, it really was a special team that way, Rob. It, it was a group that had been together for four years. Uh, as, as as everybody that really follows college basketball knows, Western Kentucky has great tradition, uh, high expectations. Uh, that group had not won a tournament and uh, made it to the NCAA tournament. Ty's sophomore year would have been the last team left out of the at-large, I was told, by people that were in the room. Uh, from getting in that large bid. But so that there was a, a real hunger and drive that when we got there, we felt like we could really make something happen. And as you said, really talented team with a lot of experience. I think there were six 1,000-point scores on that team. Uh, as you mentioned, not, not, not just two NBA players, uh, but a bunch of guys that are still playing today. A.J. Slaughter's still playing. Tyrone Brazelton's still playing. I think OMV is still playing. Orlando Mendez-Valdez, who was player of the year the following year. Uh, after Ty and I left. So really, re- really a loaded team with a ton of experience and kind of a, you know, a real hunger, uh, not to be cliche, but just, you know, a real, a real drive to the, Hey, now that we're here, we're going to make something happen. Ty, everybody knows the the 12 seeds are the ones that pull off all of the upsets. So here you are, you have experience against high major teams. You have a winning tradition. What, like, what's your mindset going into the tournament in that role? Yeah, I think coach Horn said it best. I mean, we knew we had uh, just a ton of talent on that team. And to be honest, I mean, we had worked towards the goal of getting to the tournament for the last four years, uh, and we just kept coming up short. And so once we finally were able to get there, uh, we really didn't care much about the seed. I mean, 12 seed, 15 seed, 8 seed, whatever. I mean, we were just there to battle. uh, And thank goodness we had a lot of talent to go with us, and we made it happen. Now, I I didn't actually remember this until I went back and I started researching the game itself. The the final score was 101 to 99. That game went to overtime. You guys set a record for the most threes made and the most threes attempted in an NCAA tournament game. Uh, And at one point, you were actually down by 16 points with, I think, eight minutes left. Like, was there ever a moment when you guys were kind of like, well, you know what? We blew our chance. You know, it was a wild game. We we actually got up double digits at one point in the first half, I think, and uh you know, when you look at the bracket, as you know, March is all about matchups, right, Rob? And, you know, mm-hmm. for us, we're thinking, man, if we could get a big, slow team, we're really fast. We press 94 feet for 40 minutes. We can spread you out. We can play small. We played Ty, who's 6'3", at the four uh, for about six to eight minutes every game. And, uh, and and then the matchups come up, and it's Drake, who plays just like we do. He's had an unbelievable year in the Missouri Valley and shoots a ton of threes and spreads you out. And so we kind of felt like our natural advantage – uh, was gone. And and I think what both teams did such a good job of in that game was 
and, and I think this is crucial in March, is that you've got to be your best and play to your strengths and be who you are. And uh, we both kind of said, hey, we're going to do that, which means we're going to shoot a lot of threes. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think the record still holds today uh, for the most taken in a game. Yeah, Todd, what, what were you thinking about um, when you guys were down 16? Were, were you kind of in that moment? You were like, oh, man, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to make this comeback. Where you're like, all right, starts now. We got to do what we got to do. Work's cut out for us. I mean, going into the game, we knew it was going to be a game of runs. I mean, we, we had a lot of three-point shooters that they did too. Uh, we had a feeling it was going to go back and forth. So, I mean, I, I never really had that feeling of we're out of this or even to the point when we were up 16, feeling like we had the game won. Uh, we just knew we had to battle to the buzzer and uh, we were able to make it happen. So before your shot, there's this scrum where the ball's loose and, and Drake gets about like five shots. It felt like at the rim um, over and over and over again. Then there's a foul. They go to the line. They hit two free throws to put them up by one with about six seconds left on the clock. I'm just kind of curious, and, and Darren, you can start with this, and uh, Ty, you can tell me if you think he's right. What's that conversation in the huddle that you guys are having? Are, are you like, all right, this is right where we want him. We can go out and win right now. Are you worried? Are you flustered? Coach, are you trying to portray confidence? Like, what, what's going through your head in that moment? Well, it, definitely trying to portray it, uh, you know, for sure. I, I don't know if they bought it or not. Maybe they did. All, all that mattered was the tie did. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, I think the thing is, you know, we're, we're really big on, uh, you know, players got to make plays. Uh, the game is about players. So we, we talked about what we wanted to run, which is something that we had worked on, you know, a, a lot regularly during the season. Uh, so it wasn't anything new. But I, I think the thing to me uh, that it was most satisfying or impressive or, or whatever you want to call it was that the way it worked out was because Ty actually kind of made an adjustment and communicated to a teammate. I mean, clearly, I'm, I'm not the smartest coach in the world, but I'm going to go to the first-round NBA draft pick if we've got a chance to get one shot for a game. And Courtney Lee, that that I did know. Uh, and, um, you know, Ty just kind of casually told Tyrone Brazelton, hey, man, if you have any trouble, I'm, I'm going to be trailing behind. Uh, and uh, that that's exactly what happened. And it was a, it was a, a, a unbelievable play by Ty. And, and I think the thing that went overlooked – Obviously, the shot gets all the credit. How we got to the shot was really impressive that Ty communicated that. But the past, the, the, the awareness of the past, the timing of it, and, and the quality of it, how he hit him right in the hands in stride by Tyrone Brazelton was really a high-level play. So, Ty, that wasn't what the, the, the play wasn't drawn up for you? That was just kind of an adjustment you made? I, mean, I wouldn't even say it was an adjustment that I made. I mean, Tyrone, was he went out to make a play, and uh, – I just I knew that Courtney was going to be covered. I mean, obviously, everybody in the gym knew we would probably be going to him. Tyrone Braston had 33 points in that game. Um, and so I just had a feeling that he may run into trouble trying to get to the rim. And knowing I was the inbound man, I just I told him, hey, don't be afraid to kick it to me. I'm back here if you need me. Uh, I've actually done some speaking uh, in the previous years on this exact moment and just kind of what led me to to tell Tyrone that. And I think it just speaks to the trust and the faith that we had as that senior core group, that it, it really didn't matter which one of us got the shot. I mean, we truly had faith and trust in each other that we were going to get the job done. And uh, I just, to Coach Horn's points, I mean, you can't give Tyrone enough credit. A guy that has 33 points in that moment to be able to make the right play in the right pass and really just give up that spotlight in that moment just speaks to his character and his ability to play the game. So has Jay Wright sent you royalties for uh, for taking that shot to win the 2016 <laughs> national title? You, you, you think that's what he patterned his after? Maybe so. Who knows? Sure, we'll take credit. That's right. 
Before we get back into that interview, I just have to let you guys know that, yes, it is that time of year again, folks. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the best teams in the country are gearing up for a deep run in March. Auto bids will be punched. Slippers will be fit. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. Yes, that's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of the select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and you can withdraw your funds at your convenience. Trust me. I know. I use them. So remember, that's code FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. It ain't going to get better than that, folks. For a limited time only, you must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So when you when you saw the Villanova play, were you like, hey, that looks familiar? <laughs> <laughs> very, very familiar, except theirs was clearly designed exactly to do that. And and as Ty said, you know, ours was for Tyrone to, to drive the basketball and uh, ho- hopefully kick to Courtney if he's open. If they stayed at home, maybe go make a play and – uh, they took away both, and, and he made the right kick. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's funny you say that because as coaches, a lot of times that's exactly where we get ideas where sometimes something happens that maybe isn't exactly what we're drawing up, but if you could find a way to draw it up, it'd be really good. <laughs> if it works, man, you might as well keep going back to it. So, Ty, Ty I'm, I'm curious. Take me through – all right, you catch the ball, you release it. One, did you know it was going in when you put it up? And then two, like – what do you remember from, from those moments afterwards? Because you talked to some people, and, uh, you know, I, I'm talking with the, the UMBC guys and, and the Hampton guys um, earlier doing this, and they basically said, like, we don't, we don't remember what happened after the game. It's just kind of like a blur, and then all of a sudden we're back uh, in the hotel room. Uh, do you remember anything after the moment that the ball went in? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll answer your first question first. And, uh, I mean, did I think it was going in? I, absolutely. I mean, I think in a moment like that where things are happening so fast, you, you don't have time to think it's all instincts. I mean, it's step into the past, let it go. And, uh, just, you, you hope for the best, but I mean, I really did. I felt like it was going in the whole way. It was online. Uh, and then, I mean, in the gym, I mean, I completely lost control. I mean, the video, I, I'm almost embarrassed when I go back and watch it now running around the gym, beating on my chest, all those crazy things. But, uh, yeah, you just, it, it goes back to the four years of work that went into that moment. And just to be able to celebrate and get the job done with my teammates, it's, it's a feeling I will never forget. Uh, the moments after, the months after, I mean, even now being able to talk about it again, I actually do. I remember every, every bit of it. And uh, I'm just so thankful. I thank God for giving me the opportunity to live in those moments. I remember getting back to my phone and just all the text messages and calls of I'm from a tiny town in, in far West Kentucky and uh, things like this don't happen to a lot of us from Eddieville, Kentucky. So it was, it was cool to be able to experience that. When did you realize that, like, when did it sink in that this was going to be like an iconic March moment that every time you, we, you watch the NCAA <laughs> tournament from here until the NCAA tournament no longer exists, that highlight's going to pop up at some point. Like, did it, did it register immediately? Did it take a couple of days? 
it, it didn't register until I was on the phone with uh, Scott Van Pelt later that night. And I was like, this, uh, this might be a bigger deal than what I realized. Um, so yeah, it, I think over the course of just those, those few days and, and a couple of weeks later, you start to see the top plays on sports center and then the top plays of the month. And it's like, this, this really is a pretty cool experience. So coach, I'm curious, you know, this game, it doesn't end your season, right? Like you have to turn around in 48 hours and, and play again. So how do you, how do you get your guys refocused? How do you get them thinking about moving on to the future when they got it? I mean, obviously you want to celebrate a moment like this. You don't get them very often, but then you kind of have to regroup and get ready to go. Like you give them the rest of the night. How does, how did that work for you? How did, how did you plan that out? Yeah. You know, we, we had kind of been saying leading up to it, even uh, in the conference tournament, Hey guys, if, if we get there, we're going to stick around now. We're going to win a couple. And so, you know, it allowed us after we won that first one to say, Hey, you know, we're right where we want to be. And, and, uh, you know, we can go get the next one. Now, you know, it, it didn't hurt that, that UConn got upset uh, and it had a little, little bit better matchup probably in the second round, quite honestly, in San Diego. Uh, but, you know, again, this was a veteran group, a uh, ton of character, had been through an awful lot together. Uh, and so, like, the, the least of my worries was that uh, we, we'd be settling for just winning one game or not be able to recover from that game just because it was a veteran team that again had, had unbelievable character and, and belief in each other. And I, and I think again, was, was really not to sound coach cliche, but was really hungry and, and believed that they, they could continue to win. And, you know, even into the next round, which we're not talking about that, but, you know, against UCLA, I mean, we, we, we've got a shot to cut the thing to one possession, you know, at I think about the six minute mark. And so this is a group that believed they could play and wanted to stay as long as they could. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a second, but I just, I, I do want to ask that, that site in Tampa that day was one of the wildest days like, in one building in the NCAA tournament history. You had your buzzer beater. You had San Diego's buzzer beater. I think Villanova won as a 12 seed. And then was it Murray State beat Vanderbilt as a 13 seed? Uh, Sienna, maybe? It was, yeah. I think every game was an yeah. upset. Yeah, it was, it was Sienna. Four double-digit seeds at one. Like, so how much, how much did you watch the rest of those games? Were you around? Did you go back to your hotel and watch them there? Like, how, how much were you aware of what was happening in that building? Uh, I, I wasn't at all until the end of the night, uh, you know, and uh, again, we were mostly just worried about who we were going to play, but uh, it was, it was definitely upset city. Every single lower seed won uh, that day in the gym, which is, it was wild. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened anywhere. So you guys then go on to beat San Diego and, and um, I'm more curious about, okay, here you are sweet 16 underdog. You're the darling. You hit a buzzer beater. You have this whole week to prepare for, number one seed UCLA, you have Kevin Love, you have Russell Westbrook, you have uh, the UCLA brand, and that's who you guys are playing. So what were those next like three days like for you in between the first round of the second round? Was it just like media overload? Were you guys, uh, did you make it back to campus? Like what, what were those three days like for you, Todd? Why don't you start? Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Orn and, and the coaching staff did a good job of limiting distractions that week. Uh, I think the media overload really occurred in Tampa. I mean, I remember those few days is when I really felt a, a little more overwhelmed with the media. Uh, that next week, it was back to business as usual, just preparing, getting in the gym for practice. Obviously, we had UCLA up next, but I mean, I go back to just the talent on our team. I, I look back at some of those game films and I'm like, man, how did I even get on the floor? When you, you look at the six or seven guys, just how good they were. So, I mean, we weren't intimidated by UCLA. I mean, I know we we came out slow and that they jumped out to a big lead, but it wasn't because we were intimidated or anything like that. Uh, we had the utmost confidence that we were going to continue to win and, and uh, progress through the tournament. All right. I'll, I'll leave you with this coach. Um, when you look back at it 
now. You guys ended your season on a loss. I'm sure you thought you could make it to the Final Four. You know, you win those first two games, and you're saying to yourself, you know, we just got to go 2-0 in one weekend, and we're in the Final Four. So when you look back on it, like, are you are you disappointed with the way that it ended? Are you frustrated that, like, hey, you know, we had a shot at UCLA and we could have get it done? Or, or, like, are you celebrating that you have this iconic moment? Like, how do you – it's always weird to me for these Cinderella runs that don't end in victory that, that for people to look back on them and, and not – be disappointed. I mean, you guys are competitive. Like you said, you, you, you expected to go into these games winning. So how do you look back on it? A little bit of all that, to be honest with you, as a coach, uh, um, unbelievable pride, uh, you know, what our guys accomplished and, and so happy for them. I mean, you know, all of us that do this on the coaching side, I think we do it for the players uh, so they can have that experience. I mean, that's, you know, literally a life-changing moment for those guys. You know, you don't have to just be the guy that hit the shot like Ty to have it impact you for the rest of your life. It can, you know, I think it helped propel Courtney Lee into the first round. You know, one of the knocks on him would be, was could he be dominant? You know, could he be a guy that step up in big moments and all of that? He clearly showed that, uh, you know, in the biggest games on the biggest stage. Uh, gave a lot of guys a lot of confidence to continue to move forward with different things in their careers. And so, uh, you know, I, I think you look at it a little bit of all that stuff, Rob. I think that's a great question because I also felt like had we gotten through that one, we were going to win the next one. I love the matchups of either one of those teams uh, in terms of our pressing and being able to spread the floor out. Um, you know, and, and at the time, keep in mind, UCLA's UCLA, and, and, and we knew those guys were good, but we didn't know that Russell Westbrook was Russell Westbrook, you know, <laughs> not just yet. And in fact, you know, uh, Collison was the stud uh, point guard on that team. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's a little bit of all those things, but mostly it's just, it's just great pride and, and, and uh, feeling good that, uh, you know, your team was able to accomplish that. And one of the things that's great about March Madness, especially I think when you look back as a coach, is that how many people it impacts, you know, it's not just your team, uh, you know, or, or, or yourself or your career or any of that, like, you know, the, the university pride that you have, the community pride, like Ty said, you're talking about not just Eddieville, Kentucky, but an entire area of, of the Commonwealth, you know, where it's like great pride in what happened because one of their own did that. And uh, it's, it's really a neat thing to be a part of how far reaching it is. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate the time. I'll let you get back to doing what you got to do. And I just got to, before we go, Ty, I got to shout out. You got the big, uh, the blown up picture in the background right there. That's pretty sweet, man. So um, right. again, thank you for, for one, coming on the show and two, for uh, providing a moment that I can go back and, and, and watch forever because that was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us.